0: Enjoyable being obedient to the word. Um I'm going to read from Ephesians now our passage that Kenny's going to preach on. So if you would like to turn with me, it is Ephesians chapter five, verses five to twenty one. <clears> Hence <throat> on the screen as well. you may be sure of this that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous that is an idolater has no inheritance in the kingdom of christ and god let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things the wrath of god comes upon the sons of disobedience to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ submitting to one another out of reverence for christ
1: well hello Oikas. it is good uh, to be together as family again to study uh, god's word uh, with one another um, i've been thinking a lot lately about batteries um, we came out i guess it was about two weeks ago as a family we were going off to kind of have a family fun day and we went to get in the car and when I put the keys in the car I went to start the car and nothing happened and the car had a dead battery and it was, it was a real kind of a downer because we weren't able to go and do a family fun day now we had to go do a find a new battery for the car day um, and so the car wouldn't operate because the battery was dead it was just a couple of days later uh, that I went to do some work on my computer and I had plugged my computer in overnight, um, but I had forgotten to plug it into the wall. And so when I got up that morning and opened my laptop, guess what? Computer battery uh, was dead. Uh, it has happened to all of us, hasn't it? Uh, whether it's our mobile phone, a computer, a car, uh, when we least expect it and often uh, when we really don't want it to happen, the battery is dead. Uh, think about how many things in our life runs on batteries I mean there's so many things around us every day that are dependent upon being recharged and if they're not recharged they don't work and as we continue our series through the book of Ephesians uh, we're now in Ephesians chapter 5 and if you remember Ephesians chapter 1 2 and 3 were all about our relationship with God and how we relate to God Um, Uh, Ephesians chapter four, five, and six are about how we relate to one another, how we relate to the world around us. And as as we look in Ephesians chapter five uh, together today, what we're gonna see is that in order for us uh, to to live in a way that honors the Lord and honors the people around us, uh, our spiritual batteries have to be charged because uh, just like a car or a mobile phone, um, our spirits require energy uh, to live the Christian life. To, to live like Jesus requires power. And it's power that we're not able to produce in and of ourselves. It's power that comes from God and we need to be tapped into His power so that we can properly relate to those around us. And we're, so we're going to spend a few moments together looking at Ephesians chapter 5. And we're especially going to look at verses 5 through 21, and so we're going to see a couple of things about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and and we're going to look at a new righteousness, how uh, we are given a new righteousness through the Spirit-filled life. And so uh, the key verse that we're going to see, because there are several verses that we're going to look at together, but the key verse is verse 18. So look at your Bible with me at uh, Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 18 because this is kind of the pivotal verse that brings this uh, together and it says this and this is the NIV it says do not get drunk with wine which leads to debauchery but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit do not get drunk with wine with any type of alcohol which leads to debauchery some translations say dissipation but instead or contrary to that Be filled with the Spirit with the Holy Spirit of God and so what we're going to see today is the key uh, to having our spiritual batteries charged is to be filled with the Holy Spirit now uh, before we look at our text let's be reminded of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit here's a simple definition for you it means this to be filled with the Holy Spirit is the ongoing process of daily being conformed and controlled by the Spirit of Jesus. Look at that again. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is the ongoing process of daily being conformed and controlled by the Spirit of Jesus. So a couple of quick things about our definition. First of all, notice it's an ongoing process. It's not something we do just one time and and then we're good, but it's something that requires us to daily. It's the ongoing process of daily. It's something we do every day. Uh, You're probably like me. You probably have to charge your mobile phone every day. Uh, Every time you drive your car, the battery is charged by the alternator. And so every time you use your car, the battery is charged. Uh, which probably is daily if you drive daily, and your phone has to be charged every day. Well, in the same way, this is the ongoing process of daily being what? Being conformed and controlled by the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible says that that after Jesus uh, ascended to heaven, that the Holy Spirit came. And the Holy Spirit is working in me and you and all of those who love and follow Jesus. He's working in us to conform us, to, to make us more like Jesus, to shape our character, right? But then he's also helping to control us, helping that we might bear fruit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, all of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians uh, he's helping us do that and so being filled with the Spirit is the ongoing process of daily being conformed and controlled by the Holy Spirit alright so let's look at our text together we're going to see uh, three simple truths about what happens when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and then we're going to end by looking at how then Do you and I uh, charge our spiritual batteries? How are we filled with the Holy Spirit? So, uh, three simple truths that we're gonna see together today. Number one, we see this, that when I am filled with the Holy Spirit, I am empowered to walk in love. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I am empowered to walk in love. Look at verse one. And we saw some of this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but. But look with me at verse 1. He says, You follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, The New Living says it this way, Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Live a life filled with love. Filled with love, when, when we see the phrase, walk in love, when Paul uses this phrase, walk in the spirit, walk in love, it, it just means to live, to live daily in love. So think of it this way then, when I am filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm empowered to live in the love of Jesus. Wow. And so uh, live a life filled with love following the example of Jesus. Uh, sometimes, and and let's let's just be honest, sometimes it it might feel hard to love God. Maybe when you're in the midst of suffering, maybe when you're in the midst of a trial, when you're struggling with your own sin, and and you might just feel like, man, I'm having a hard time loving God today, or or maybe you're not feeling like God loves you. That's real life sometimes, isn't it? Uh, or, or maybe it has to do with people around you. Maybe there's someone in your life that you just find yourself having a hard time loving that person. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a next door neighbor. And if you would just be honest, you would say, you know, I just have a really hard time loving this person. And you know what? Uh, the reality is, in our own power, in our own strength. We really don't have the ability to unconditionally love God and love others around us. And that's what we're called to do. Um, uh, Remember, uh, the the Bible says that that one day, uh, one of the religious leaders came to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Like, if you took the whole Bible, uh, the Old Testament in their context, and you picked out the most important thing, what would it be? if you remember Jesus said uh, the most important thing would be this to love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength but then Jesus went on and he took it a step further and Jesus said and also love your neighbor as yourself you know as as followers of Jesus as disciples of Jesus we've been called to love God and to love others and and uh, at Oikos, we refer to that as the great command and the great concern. The great command is, is to love Jesus, It's to love God with, with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. But then it's also to, to love others, to, to love my neighbor. Jesus said to love others, to, to treat others as you would want them to treat you. And so I want to love my next door neighbor. I want to love my coworker. I want to love my family member, love my friends, love the shopkeeper. Uh, uh, I want to love whoever it might be the way Jesus loves them. And so it's the great command and it's the great concern. And here's what we see church, that that in our own strength, we just don't have the ability to do it. I I might be able to fake it for a while, but the reality is in my own flesh and my own strength, I just I can't even love those closest to me the way that God would want me to love them let alone love a stranger the way God would want me to love them to love them the way Jesus loves them uh, look at uh, verse 2 again in the New Living to live a life filled with love following the example of Christ so then here's the question what is the example of Christ how did he Love people and when I think of the love of Jesus in my mind I always just think of Jesus on the cross and and I think of I think of the religious leaders coming and and they're mocking him and in their minds they were victorious their goal was to have Jesus crucified to have Jesus executed and and they succeeded and here he is nailed to the cross dying this horrific death and they've come to goat. They've come, if you will, to, to just kind of rub it in Jesus' face that they were victorious in having him killed, showing no remorse, no regret. And the Bible says that Jesus looks down from the cross at the very men who are responsible for the unbelievable pain and agony and death that he was experiencing. And he looks down from the cross, and what does he say? He says, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And when I think of the love of Jesus, I, I always think of that passage. I think of a love that looks down, and uh, there is no anger, <laughs> there is no condemnation, uh, there is no bitterness, but there's unconditional love. And if any of them in that moment would have called out for salvation, Jesus would have saved them like that, right from the cross. That's the example of Christ and here Paul says when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit we are empowered to love people the way Jesus loved them think about that when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're empowered with the Holy Spirit we have the ability to love people the way that Jesus loved them even from the cross I don't know about you, but that's the way I want to love people. But I know I can't do it without him. And so as we are going through that ongoing process of daily being controlled and conformed by the Holy Spirit, we are able to walk in love. Secondly, we see this church, that when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm empowered to walk in love. But then secondly, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm empowered to walk in light. I'm empowered to walk in light. And we see this beautiful progression. We walk in love when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we walk in light when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at verses 8 and 9. And verses 8 and 9 uh, say this, and this is in the New Living Translation. It says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. I love that translation. Look at it it once again. For once you, meaning you and I, those of us who, who are followers of Jesus, at one time we were full of darkness. And don't miss that. It's not that we were just in darkness, but we were filled with darkness, right? For once you were full of darkness, but now, now that you know Jesus, now that you've been born again, but now you have light, but where's the source? Light from the Lord, light from Jesus. And then Paul, it it, it feels like Paul just begins to burst. He says, so live as people of light. Like you once were full of darkness, now you're full of the light of Jesus. Live as people of light. And then look what he says the results will be. And this is this is beautiful. He says, for this light within you, for this light within you, that's the light of Jesus, produces only what is good, right, and true. That, that's beautiful. Like there was a time when you and I were full of darkness. I mean, we we were full of pride, and we were full of arrogance and lust and envy. And blasphemy and, and all of these dark things the Bible says that through Jesus that that, that has been washed away by the blood of the Lamb that, that we are now no longer full of darkness but we are full of light the light of Jesus the light of the Lord he fills us with his light which is perfect and then I love what he says for this light within you within me it produces only and that's a key word only this is this is all it's capable of is things that are good things that are right and things that are true how great is that how great is that now uh, these these three words are really rich in the original Greek now remember Paul would have written this in Greek and and uh, here here's I guess a more literal translation of these three words the word good here literally means uprightness of heart and life I like that uprightness of heart and life I want to be a man with an upright heart like I want to be a man who lives an upright life like I don't ever have to worry about anyone uh, ever seeing me do something or hearing me say something like I want to live a life that's always upright And my heart is upright in my life and by the way in the Greek there there's a progression Uh, you can't have an uprightness of life without an uprightness of heart Uh, and that's what the word good means he says so for this light within you produces only what gives you an upright heart in life and then he uses this word right and it means integrity or virtuous right integrity uh, virtuous is this idea of rightness um, I, I've shared with you before a, a definition that has always stayed with me I, uh, soon after uh, giving my life to Jesus as a teenager uh, an, an elderly uh, pastor came and preached at the church I was a part of and I'll never forget the way he defined integrity he said integrity is when the tongue in your mouth and the tongue in your shoe are going in the same direction integrity is when the tongue in your mouth and the tongue in your shoe are going in the same direction it's that idea of we are men and women who live what we say we believe but see it's easy to say we love our neighbor it's easy to say that but man do we show it it's easy to say I forgive people but do I genuinely extend forgiveness and, and so integrity is this idea of we have the ability to live what we say we believe and then this this word true in the Greek uh, it, it is key is truthful as defined by God because you and I live in an age where uh, the the world wants to define what is true the the world wants to define what is right I was sharing the gospel with someone last year in City Center And uh, we we got into a conversation about truth and and this person said all truth is relative all truth is relative and so I said is that a relative truth Um, and and it kind of ended the conversation right Uh, is all truth relative and is that a relative truth Uh, see the 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 world is quite confused on absolute truth and so this word true here in the Greek it, it means truthful as defined by God reality is only one person gets to define what is true and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I was uh, sharing the gospel with someone uh, just this week and uh, they had asked me a really specific question about uh, what I what I viewed about a certain thing in the Bible and and um, as we had the conversation I just I just said you know I'll, I'll just be honest with you it doesn't really matter what your opinion is of it. And it doesn't really matter what my opinion is. All that matters is what this book says. And here's the thing. If, if we can figure out what this book says about the issue, about the situation, this book, by the way, is the Bible, uh, if, if, if we can agree on what this says, then we really just have two options. Option number one is to say, do you know what? I I, I don't understand why it says that. I, I may not even necessarily agree with that. But you know what? If... If that's what it says and this is written by God and God loves me and God wants what's best for me then I'm gonna to submit to what this book says like I'm gonna to submit to it because I believe by faith that God loves me and he wants what's best for me so I'm, I'm gonna submit or option number two is we can say yeah you know what that that's what it says but I don't really care I'm, I'm gonna go and do what I want and, and God will let us do that as well but then we assume all the consequences of our disobedience And so uh, truth as defined by God for you and I then uh, we have the power through the Holy Spirit to walk in love and we have the power of the Holy Spirit to do what to live a life of uprightness to live a life of integrity and to live a life of truth as defined by God and I don't know about you we've been in America for several several months now and we were here during the presidential election and this much I know regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat whether your state is blue or red whether you're a a Tory or uh, you know labor whatever it is I can tell you this much we need more men and women in our government we need more men and women in our schools we need more men and women in our businesses we need more men and women in our community who are filled with a spirit of uprightness of heart and life who are filled with integrity who are men and women who are virtuous in conduct and character and we need more people who are committed to the truth as defined by God the reality is that at least in our context where we live we don't find a lot of people who are committed to those things and so now more than ever, church, we need to be the light. Remember Jesus said, we are the light of the world. Remember Jesus said, you don't you don't take a lamp, you don't take a light and, and, and hide it under a bushel, right? You don't, you don't cover it up. But no, no, you uncover it so the world can see. I mean, a lighthouse protects ships uh, because the light shines, not because the light is covered. And you and I, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to love people the way Jesus loves them. And we are empowered to be light in our community, light in our country, light in our culture, because the world needs to see men and women who are good and right and true. Why? Because when when they see the goodness and the rightness and the truthfulness, we can immediately point them to who? To Jesus. Because remember what it says? The light within you. And where does the light come? The light is from the Lord. So what we can do is we can say, look, I, uh, I am who I am because of who Jesus is. And I was once full of darkness, but now I'm full of his light by his glorious grace. And so we're able to point people to Jesus. It's not about us. Being a light to the world is not about us. In fact, the light, he says, is from the Lord. We have no light of ourselves. We're just a mirror that reflects the light of Jesus to the world around us. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're empowered to walk in uh, love. We're empowered to walk in light. But finally, church, number three, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm empowered to walk in wisdom. I'm empowered to walk in wisdom. Look at verses 15 uh, through 17. Verses 15 through 17, and this is the NIV, and the NIV says it this way. It says, "Be, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Uh, there's, there's this caution, isn't there? There's, there's this warning. He says, be very careful then how you live. Very careful. Not as unwise, but as wise not as unwise but as wise and look what he says making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil the days are evil and it was true when when paul wrote this to the church at ephesus and it is just as true for you and i we don't have to look far we can just cut on uh, our television or open up a newspaper and we don't have to look far to realize that uh, the days we live in are evil days i I read just this week that uh, in the year 2020 that more uh, more black babies were aborted in New York City than were born did you hear that? that that more black babies in New York City were aborted last year than were born the days we live in are evil he says therefore do not be foolish But understand what the Lord's will is we desperately desperately in our world today we need men and women of wisdom men and women of wisdom what what is wisdom what does the word wise mean well uh, in the Greek here the word wise literally means the skill of cultivating good judgment the skill of cultivating good judgment it's a skill set and, and, and I, I, I'm glad for that because what that means is wisdom is available to everyone it's not something you're born with uh, it's not something by the way that you accumulate just because you're older uh, and in our Western culture we we often associate um, age with wisdom and, and often that can be true but it's not always true uh, there are young fools but there are also old fools and so uh, wisdom is not something we're born with. It's not something we automatically grow into. But wisdom is the skill, this is in Greek, the skill of cultivating good judgment. And I love that word cultivating. It's an it's a agricultural term. It, it's the idea of planting something and helping it grow planting something and helping it grow and so you put a seed in the ground and and then you fertilize the soil and you water the soil and and God provides the sunlight and and something beautiful grows and then you tend to it as it grows you keep it fertilized and you keep it watered and you pull weeds and you do all that you prune it you do all the things you need to do to make the the plant productive as it bears fruit and so he says wisdom is this idea of cultivating Good judgment see we live in a world where knowledge is is more available than ever before because of the internet uh, you can look something up on your phone almost instantaneously you can google it and get the information see we have an overabundance of knowledge and an amazing lack of wisdom we live in a world where there's an overabundance of knowledge and an unbelievable lack of And so you and I, as people of God, we want to be uh, men and women who cultivate good judgment, who make our life choices not just based on knowledge, but based on good, sound judgment. And again, uh, where do we find that? Well, we find it here, because there's only one truth, and that's God's truth and we find the abundance of of knowledge of wisdom to make good decisions in this book how should we spend our money we we, we look in this book Uh, who should I marry I want to look in this book Um, uh, you know just just any question we we bring to this book you know and we ask the Lord Lord show us and he does and, and we cultivate wisdom and so through the power of the holy spirit we walk in love we walk in light but how we gain wisdom and again this this world now more than ever we need men and women who have the ability to make good sound judgment and where do we get that ability from we get it from being filled with the holy spirit and reading the book that he wrote well finally uh, it brings us to the question then how am i filled with the holy spirit how am I filled with the Holy Spirit? And, and, and we come to that pivotal verse, and it's Ephesians 5, and we saw it earlier in 18. He says, therefore, do not be foolish, right? Understand what the Lord's will is, verse 17. And then verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, which leads to de- debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and he, he gives a contrast here. And the idea is this that uh, if you could be filled with the foolish things of the world, he uses alcohol, drunkenness as an example, or we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the bigger picture Paul is saying is this. All of us are controlled by something. All of us are controlled by something. So when someone is drunk, they are under the control of alcohol. So, so alcohol, and when someone drinks excess, right, to excess, and they're drunk, Um, you can take a man who is usually peaceful and quiet and gentle and under the power of alcohol becomes angry he becomes abusive to his family Uh, you can take someone who's kind of quiet and bashful and shy and under the control of alcohol they become super outgoing and extroverted and before you know it they're dancing on the table with a lampshade on their head right Um, alcohol can take someone who's super outgoing and personable and under the control of excessive alcohol, that person becomes quite depressed and introverted. And, and so, um, it's the picture here he's doing is a contrast of control and it's something they would have known about. There, there are actually over 75 verses in the Bible that warn us about drunkenness. Over 75 verses that give warnings about alcohol. There are actually more warnings about alcohol than there are about adultery, than there are about lying, then actually than blasphemy there are more warnings about alcohol why because it's this picture that everyone can see that you're under the control of something and so the apostle paul is is taking that and ephesus they would have seen uh, people um, drunk as they went to the temple to worship the false gods alcohol and drunkenness was a big part of idol worship so you could have seen it and so he's saying look You you see what it's like when someone's under the control of alcohol as they're worshiping false gods, right? He says, now I want you to, to think about what it looks like when someone is under the control of the Spirit of God. And He says, when someone is under the control of the Spirit of God, they are someone who loves like Jesus loves. When someone is under the control of the Spirit of God, they are someone who walks In a way that's upright of heart and life and virtuous and integrity and and committed to the truth he says when someone is under the control of the Holy Spirit they are cultivating a life of making good judgment right and so he's making this contrast about the false gods of the temple and being controlled by alcohol and the true God Jesus and being filled with his Holy Spirit so how are the you and I then filled with the Holy Spirit how do we charge our spiritual battery um, I have shared this acronym with you probably about a year ago um, but I, f- I found it very very uh, helpful it's a book I read last year called Spirit Walk and it's all about being filled with the Holy Spirit and this acronym is used in the book and here it is it's the word swap it's the word swap and each letter stands for something and and here's what it means it's, it's on the screen for you the word s means to surrender to God's will and word. To surrender to God's will and word. And remember, this is something we do daily. This is an ongoing daily process of being conformed and controlled by the Spirit of Jesus. And so we surrender to God's will and word every day. W, we wait on God in prayer every day. A, we avoid sin and unrighteousness every day. And P, we pursue the promptings of the Holy Spirit now th- this this isn't like a sequential order in other words it's not like you do S first and then you do W and it doesn't work that way it's just we're kind of doing all of them every day and so when I wake up every morning I want to make sure that I'm spending time in God's Word and as I spend time in God's Word I, I want to s- not only just read it but I want to surrender to what it says it's it's again kind of the conversation I had with someone recently like this is what the Bible says but now I've got to decide what am I going to do am I going to surrender to that or I'm going to just go and do my own thing and so every day we want to spend time in God's Word and we want to surrender to God's will and to God's Word we want to wait on God in prayer man I want to spend time every day and we looked at prayer a couple of weeks ago in Ephesians and every day I want to just spend time talking to God and remember prayer is just having a conversation with Jesus it's it's just me speaking to him and him speaking to me by his Holy Spirit through his word and so uh, I'm talking to him uh, and I'm listening to him and so um, I surrender to his word and will every day I wait on God in prayer like Lord show me what you would have me to do and then I wait to hear back from him a is to avoid sin righteousness to avoid sin and righteousness well well, the Holy Spirit is not going to fill my life if if my life is filled with sin the Holy Spirit is not going to fill my life if my life is filled with sin he needs a clean house to occupy he needs a clean house now here's the thing I, I can't clean it and so Holy Spirit would you come and would you remove the sin from my life and would you cleanse me and purify me 1st John 1 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and so uh, Holy Spirit come and we want to avoid sin and unrighteousness and then finally we want to pursue the promptings of the Spirit in other words when God uh, when God tells us to do things we want to do those if he if he tells me to go and knock on my next door neighbor's door and see how they're doing. I want to do that. If he tells me to, to, to give some money to someone, I, I, I need to do that. If he tells me to pray for someone, I want to do that. Um, we just want to follow his promptings. And as we do that, as we surrender to his word and will every day, as we wait on him in prayer, as we avoid sin and unrighteousness, and as we follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, we are filled with, with the Holy Spirit. And again, it's just like your phone. You don't charge it once a week. You charge it once a day. We we don't just charge our phones on Sunday. We can't just charge our spirits at church on Sunday. But every day, we want to do swap. We want to surrender, wait, avoid, and pursue. And as we do that, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we will have the power to walk in love, to walk in light, and to walk in wisdom. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is true, that it's dependable. We thank you that you've written it for your glory and for our good. And Jesus, our deepest desire is to be filled with your Holy Spirit. We want to be quick to confess that we can't love like you love without your Spirit. We can't be men and women of light without your Spirit. And we cannot be wise without your Spirit. So would you empower us? Would you enable us each and every day? Holy Spirit, would you come in and fill us? Would we uh, be men and women surrendered to you that you might work in us and through us for your glory and for our good? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
0: Amen.